Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 231, as I am reliably informed since basically I forgot again. I think I was about four off, maybe three. And we have our recurrent co-host, Brad. Yes, for the final time this season. Hello, fellas, and hello, world. Brad from Australia. All right, Brad. <laughs> we organised a time to fit Brad's schedule means he gets an extra half an hour in bed. <laughs> yes, I'm at home. I'm at home this time, <laughs> not on the road. Hour and a half from the original suggested time, I think. Currently quarter to four on a Sunday morning on my day off. <laughs> We would like to point out at this point, we do not pay Brad for this. <laughs> I do not receive any remunerations for this show. Or money. <laughs> the Congress has not approved this recording. <laughs> I've been watching continue. Yeah, I gathered. Have you caught up? Oh yeah, just this morning. And I thought, holy crap, isn't Alex excellent? Which one? He's a little scenery chewing Denisov. Oh, I thought Alex and Continuum. No, you mentioned Grimm, so I followed up with a question. I thought you were going to carry on. No, uh, you see, it's not Alex. Continuum is one I haven't seen yet, but I'm keen to get into that. Sounds like Alex because it's Alex Sadler. To me, it always sounded like Alex Adler, and it's not. It's Alex Sadler, which is obviously very easy for you to think it's the word Alex. It's an interesting side of both Kugami and Alexa Dowie's character. I mean, they could run with this for ages on the whole sort of flashback. It was nice to see Tony in it again. The advantage of time travel and all the timelines is just because somebody blows up doesn't necessarily mean. <laughs> the joy of sci-fi. No one's ever really did. Say he was in Mentalist this week as well. Yep. He's walking his ass off. Why not? It's nice to see an older actor getting so much work. What age was he when he first appeared in uh, Stargate SG-1? Must have been in his 50s. Uh, I'd imagine so. Has he aged since then? <laughs> I think somebody get a pause button, you know? Okay, that's grand. Joink. Yep. In that group of actors that seem to go backwards. He is not Brad Pitt, and this isn't the whatever something case of Benjamin Button or something. <laughs> I'm on a roll. That's another film I haven't seen. Yeah, I'll put my hand up for that too. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> and neither have I. I hear it was based on a Ray Bradbury or Philip K. Dick story. Don't know. Bradbury one sounds familiar. I did watch Robocop, the 2014 movie, though. Not saying uh, that. Not too bad. Mm. If I'd watch one for an evening's viewing, it would be the original. <laughs> we watched that in the Sci-Fi Society a couple of weeks back. Yeah. And after some of the truly awful trite that we sat through in previous months, it was nice to look at something that was actually good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Good evening. Now, I've said frequently on the podcast and in other places that I will never advertise. However, I don't see this as an ad on helping out friends. Jan Schroeder over at the jmsnews.com forums has been campaigning repeatedly and longly and indeed uh, put much time, effort and money into the Free Babylon 5 campaign in effort to persuade Warner Brothers to show the show on television around the world or at least uh, get it promoted in the eventual hope that Warner Brothers will realise what they have on their hands and give JMS the budget to make more or at least uh, update things in various ways. Either way, uh, Jan has managed to succeed in getting 
a panel at San Diego Comic Con. Free Babylon 5, a fan campaign on Thursday the 24th of July, 10am to 11am in room 29A. Additionally, the people at AZSF cons have generously agreed to share the fan table with them. So they'll be in the mezzanine at table MZ-03. Jan has been, uh, in addition, actually making a lot of items. She lists things on eBay and is looking for money to fund packs and various other bits and pieces for the actual campaign. So if you go to jmsnews.com forward slash forums, you should find details there. Also the hashtag FreeBabylon5 on Twitter. This has been a short promotional message from one of your podcast holders. Thanks for that, Alan, and there will be links in the show notes. And while we didn't get any feedback for last week's show, we did get an email review and comments from Missa about Cliff Simon's guest starring role in the Americans' second season episodes, The Deal, and A Little Night Music. There may be spoilers. Hi, I'm Missa Buckley, long-time follower of Gatecast. I'm also a huge fan of Cliff Simon, so when he announced earlier this year that he was recording two episodes of The Americans, I was really excited. However, I had no clue as to what the show was about, so I bought the pilot on iTunes and got myself caught up. The Americans, to cut a long story short, is about two Russian agents pretending to be American citizens in the 80s. Elizabeth Jennings is the harder of the two, firmly dedicated to spying for her motherland. Philip Jennings is the doubter, having gotten used to American comforts and freedoms. Their pretend marriage has produced two children, neither of whom are aware of their parents' out-of-hour spying. Cliff's episodes come in after a season of lies, twists and betrayals. He plays an unnamed Mossad agent, who interferes in a kidnapping plot being orchestrated by the Jennings at the end of A Little Night Music. He makes a grab for Elizabeth, which is a huge mistake as she proceeds to beat the living daylights out of him. His accomplice makes off with the kidnapping victim, leaving Cliff's character on the curb. The deal opens when A Little Night Music closes. With their target gone, the Jennings only have the agent as leverage. They drag him off the street, narrowly missing getting arrested when the agent plays along. And Cliff, your singing voice is nowhere near as bad as you make out. As usual, the episode is split between the CIA, the KGB and the Jennings. Elizabeth is busy tracking down the killer of the KGB agents, which leads Philip to guard the Mossad agent while they wait for orders on how to deal with him. And this is where things get interesting. The scenes between Philip and the agent take place in the grubby kitchen of the safe house. It's a small set, with a claustrophobic atmosphere cranked up by the dim lighting and closed camera shots. Added to this is the small fact that Philip has tethered the other man to the stove, by means of what looks like jump leads. It looks uncomfortable, and Cliff admitted in an interview that the scenes were really hard on a mental level. Despite the Mossad agent's orders clashing with those of Philip, the two men are actually very similar. It's something both men seem to recognise. Philip doesn't ask for the guy's name, nor does he offer his own. There is a mutual respect between them, regardless as to their circumstances. Cliff's character also acts as a mirror, sharply reflecting the things Philip wants but can't have. He has more freedom, and isn't lying to most of his family about what he does. However, he seems convinced he's on the way to becoming collateral damage. He believes his government doesn't consider him worth making a deal. And he has no information to buy his life with. Having no bargaining position, or anything to lose, he dares to bluntly challenge Philip on his own life choices. Which is awkward as heck, since Philip doesn't want to untie the agent's hands. So yeah, undoing the belt and then cleaning up afterwards, watching that made me squirm with embarrassment. I guess that was half the point. The other half being that the moment gives an agent a chance to make a break for freedom. I had to try, he says. 
and Philip understands he would have tried as well. I wasn't sure how the episode would play out. Cliff's character does have a nasty habit of ending up dead. However, it turned out that the Israeli government wanted their agent more than he thought, and the deal is struck. During his last scene with Philip, you get the sense the two could be friends in different circumstances. Maybe the powers that be will invite Cliff back, and we'll get to see. Thank you very much for that, Mister. And if you want to check out more of her work, then she has a number of published novels, such as the Amazing Grace series, Star Attraction, and Tin Cat. And you can pay a visit to MrBuckley.com. And again, all the links will be in the show notes. I see we've lost the Tomorrow People. That's been cancelled. It kind of fizzled. Ah, oh, I've enjoyed it. No, I mean, as in, it sort of kind of dropped off my radar. I stopped watching it. I kept meaning to watch more of it. Now, apparently, I can watch all of it. Yeah, turn up on Netflix or something somewhere. I have some episodes downloaded. I just can't find a bloody memory stick up at the moment. Oh, right. In fact, at the minute, most of my large memory sticks seem to have vanished. The only one I can find is a 2 gig one. Oh, dear, only 2 gig. How will you cope? I use the half terabyte external drive instead. <laughs> The radio station in Chester's Mill may have burned down, but you can still hear hits like... And they're still having fun, Chester's Mill's the one. And... Splish Splash the Egg was taking a bath, deep below a methane-filled lake. Rub-a-double, let's have Julian in club, making this decision in haste. All thanks to Under the Dome Radio. This summer, Troy and Wayne return to discuss what happened when we were blinded by the light, wrapped up in the noose as the dome it turned to white, blinded by the light, holding on to a lever as the dome it turned to white. Be sure to set the dial of your podcasting app to Under the Dome Radio and keep the propane donations flowing at Under the Dome Radio. A proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Where we get on with it? Why, in a rush. If everyone is suitably at zero, 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 zero. Yep. Yep. Already all set to go with the season two finale of Atlantis. In honour of the language I heard most today. Call me Cooksy, Ooksy, Clicky. Previously on Stargate Atlantis. Hello, Michael. Do you remember me? I don't even know who I am. I get the feeling like they know something, something they're not telling me. He's not human. Oh, dear. Uh, let's face it, we knew that wasn't going to end well. Yeah, yeah. I've missed a lot. <laughs> they will send another wave of hive ships. Yeah, that good, he didn't come back for the second episode. <laughs> really? Yep. After he Rodney's on fire in this one. Oh, miss that one too. That's a gorgeous head. Not the Enterprise. No. <laughs> that was a not SG one. Uh, and they've got a countdown for the yeah. arrival. Every time something needs to be named, Rodney wants to call it the Enterprise, doesn't he? <laughs> Why not? He hints at it anyway. He never, he's never allowed to say it. Scans are still clear. It looks like it's just the one hive ship. And our cloak? Up and running. All readings are in the green. Good. Well, that's because Jack did. You know Taylor means business because she's got a jacket on, and so's Weir. Weir just looks cold. And the jacket fit. <laughs> she probably brought it from home. From that hive ship, the second it comes out of hyperspace. Caldwell still can't believe he's, he's got his command by. Yeah. Well, technically he's sitting by. <laughs> he always looks so put upon though, doesn't he, when he's talking to Weir? Colonel Shepard, how goes it on your end? Yeah, it probably was brought up in the Therno episode, but I like that design. 
How strong is that transparent material? Because if that's glass, they're screwed. <laughs> and it's sitting up on top in perfect yes. viewing range for its sideways. Logically, if you're gonna have a bridge, you put it in the middle and you surround it with armour. Mm. You do, but if the shield fail, there's no material built that can withstand an energy weapon. True. You could have blunted a bit. Well, it is a warship, air quote. So you'd think it'd be uh, armoured up. You basically just can't on the uh, shields holding anything back. If they were fighting kinetic weaponry, you know, mass drivers or something, then yeah, armour seems to be a very good idea. Well, technically, aren't drones kinetic weaponry? When they're actually activated, they've got an energy field, haven't they? So mm. I think that does the damage, not the actual impact of the drone. Yeah, and again, the ancients were arrogant in their technology, so... Yes, quite right. <laughs> it's going into geosynchronous orbit. Hasn't armed any of its weapons. If they do, I want you to switch from cloak to shield as quickly as possible. Don't wait for my order. Yes, ma'am. Come on, then. Somebody say something, otherwise it's going to be a rather dull and long, boring episode. Transmitting a signal. Audio only. Put it on speaker. We know you were there. We mean you no harm. Please respond. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> we believe you. <laughs> it's repeating again. We mean you no harm. This is a new strategy. Hmm. We know you are there. We mean you no harm. Please respond. Is that who I think it is? It's addressing me by name. I think we can assume it's Michael. It doesn't sound much like him, though, to be honest. It's no, not it the doesn't. same actor, is it? I didn't think they got him for that voice. Right then. Allies. Season 2, episode 20, the finale of the second season. Gatecast episode 231. This episode was directed by Annie Makita, and it was written by Martin Garrow. Had its world premiere in Canada January the 30th, 2006. The Americans got it March 10th, and we got it March the 15th. Our friends in Germany got it December the 6th, the Swedes August the 3rd, 2007, and the Japanese December the 12th of the same year. There were a few shows with episodes of the same name. Beware the Batman, Invasion America, The Foundation, and G-O-C, which I'm sure I've pronounced terribly. <laughs> In fact, I don't even know what language it is, so I might <laughs> pronounce it correctly. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not worry about that. And we're back. I do like that picture. Mm. Pretty ship. Texturing on that ship is beautiful. Why not? Where do you want me to start? I think we can safely say our cover is blown. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you answer it. It's like a phone call. If you don't answer it, they don't know you're there. <laughs> yeah, it's just an overseas number. Ignore it. Yes. <laughs> Taylor? Any attempt on my part to connect with Michael will confirm our location as surely as if you answer my radio. I sense they are angry doing their best uh, Diana Troy impression. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we can always turn the shield on. I love this extra. She's pressing her buttons as if her life depended upon it. <laughs> yep. Her acting career probably does. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the ship in the air. No. Nor have I. Right. Let's hear what they have to say. Um, given the position of the ship, shouldn't those two nouns be reversed? Oh, very nice. Uh, Roddy and I have set up the subspace relay to go through the Daedalus, and I've been able to configure our systems to handle both their audio and video frequencies, so... We should be able to see and hear them live. What's up, Zelenka? You want a bloody medal or something? Give him a medal, Elizabeth. He won't be happy until you do. 
and it's nice to see Chuck getting plenty of on-screen time. <laughs> the Rife have video cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Michael. Why the long delay? And again, how long has this taken to set up? Would they not start bombarding the area? <laughs> yeah. I said we would not harm you. Well, excuse me for not taking you at your word. I've got to say, Todd Masters, who does the prosthetics work for the show, that looks like on a trainer, even though I know it isn't. Mm. He's it isn't. He supplied the voice for the character. Yeah. Brent Strait actually did performance. If you remember him from Andromeda, he was Rev Bam. For the video or for the whole episode? For the whole episode. Oh, crap. I never even noticed that last night. Yeah, Connor was signed on to do the episode, but unfortunately uh, his baby was due during the, f uh, the shooting schedule. So he had to obviously, you know, put his wife first. Really good work. Did they, um, back to Michael, did they have him in that makeup in Michael, or did they still be human form then? Right at the end, they had him transforming pretty much about 90% Wraith. Yep. Which are you? Our goals are not dissimilar, Dr. Weir. You would like to eliminate the Wraith as a threat? I find that hard to believe. They could have used that face cast to... Um... I think that's what they did. They tweaked it so that you couldn't really tell the difference anyway. Yeah. Facial structure is very similar. Yep. I think the only difference between the actors was one of them was a little bit taller. Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there that has actually got screen caps to compare and contrast. Yeah, I think there's one shot a little bit later with Ronan where you can really, really notice it. Yeah. thought it looked a bit odd, but that's why. Yep, this was the first episode that Andy Makita and Martin Guerrero actually worked on together, even though the offices are opposite each other. <laughs> he said it was a weird bottle show, because when you think about it, it's using all the existing sets and the main guests, but the final episode of the season, you know, they were under a few time constraints. We are willing to help you achieve this, if you help us. Sending a data burst. Download it to a non-networked firewall computer. Yes, ma'am. How do you download it to a non-network computer? <laughs> Funny enough, I had the exact same thought when he said that. Yeah. You've been talking You've been talking to me for too long. <laughs> it is a sensible precaution. Many a time, a sci-fi show wouldn't even mention that. Mm, especially with what we see later. Yeah. See, that almost looks analogue, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be static for the sake of being static. <laughs> I managed to generate the visual aspect of the uh, snow, you know, static. Yeah. With a 11-line assembly language program. And you're sure they don't know about the Orion? I ordered Lorna Parker just outside of sensor range. This, this is incredible. I can't believe they actually set this over so freely. I mean, if I can figure out how to break through this program, which is, well, as you know, pretty likely, we could nuke any hive ship that we came across. Yeah, that should really beg the question, why would they give you that sort of technology? Yeah, the one, probably the one single thing that can take them all out and they've given it to you freely. <laughs> yeah. You're just not going to, are you? No. Or at the very least, expect a twist somewhere along the way. Yeah, several twists. We created the retrovirus in order to do exactly what they're proposing we do. What's the downside? I mean, other than the fact that we'd be working with the Wraith. In the commentary, which was Andy Makita, Martin Guerrero and David Hewlett, plus David's dog, Mars, you might remember him from A, a Dog's Breakfast. Hmm. They had a six-day shoot for this episode. They had to squeeze it in pretty quickly. Inferno was delayed a little, so they could build the set, so kind of had to do this one on short notice. Peter DeLuise actually ended up shooting a pretty much a day's worth of uh, coverage. But we're close. Love the hair, Carson. Love the hair. What? 
<laughs> Damn, they notice me. Yeah. I've got to offer an opinion. I'm not here for my brains. I'm at the table for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've seen these pecs, you know, they don't just get there by magic. Okay. So, we're going to do this. Yeah, dear. I wonder what you think they uh, keep the standard 24 hour clock on this base? Or do they go by planetary rotation? Hey, that is a nice abdomen line. Yes. <laughs> Got pain written all over it. <laughs> well, like I say, when she's pretty much not quite a professional, but very active dancer and she learnt all her own combat, that's pretty much the side effect, isn't it? And patrol, too. Well, that rubs it into all the women that can't lose <laughs> them extra few pounds, isn't it? It must be galling when a movie actress has a baby, then a month later she's on the cover of Vogue. Oh, yeah, rub it in. <laughs> yeah, you go, photoshopping, love, photoshopping. Yeah, stretch marks have been carefully drawn out. <laughs> if this is the full extent of their plan... <laughs> oh, that's it, Taylor. Leave that question hanging. They are wraith. Yeah. Not exactly trustworthy, are they? Oh, pretty. Nice. This is Escort 2. We have a visual on the Wraith Scout ship and are entering formation with Escort 5. I gotta tell you, when I woke up this morning, I honestly didn't think this would be happening. They made a change for this episode. Atmosphere VFX to do the CGI work. I assume the in-house were doing all the Stargate SG-1 work. Mm -hmm. This is all theirs. And at this point, do they think the jumpers are going to have a better chance at fighting them off or escorting them than a jumper, than a 302? I don't know, really. Mm. I think it's probably just symbolism, you know. Yeah. They were coming in from orbit, and that's where the 302s were. Yeah. And they nearly stalled. Probably not clean burning. No. Well, they've got three engines. Only, one, only two of them work at high altitude and are, would be considered clean. Raid ship, it was basically a dart on steroids. They had some trouble deciding what they wanted it to look like. Yeah, Joe 2 not only our tech, what we found at Atlantis, we actually have our own stuff. With the 302s bringing them in. Yeah. Now, somehow, I don't think she's going to be intimidated. Mm. <laughs> I love this, though. She walks in and waits to be introduced and then starts looking around. <laughs> yes. She knows her position and she's, you know... It's like, you don't flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this looks rather nice. <laughs> I'm Dr. Elizabeth Weir. Welcome to Atlantis. Oh, yes. This is mine, baby. Mine. Yep. I'm in. I love the camera shot for this as well. Andy Frizzle plays the queen. She plays every queen, with the exception of uh, Taylor when she dons the makeup. Appears in eight episodes of Atlantis. She's also been in Flash Gordon, First Wave, The Guard, and Supernatural. Professional yoga instructor, I believe. My people are willing to work with some of your scientists, but no more than three wraith will be allowed on this base at any given time. You'll be subjected to extensive searches that will perform at random intervals. Any harmful materials or weapons are found on your, uh, your fellow wraith? I like the way they just give a little harmonics to her voice as well. Mm. Grew up watching V. <laughs> All we want is the retrovirus. It is the key to ending a civil war that could go on for centuries. Impose whatever conditions you wish. They were a bit worried that she was orange and the standard wraith were green. But strangely enough, nobody complained about it when after the programme was aired. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a well-lit room. 
Well, eventually this, you know, pointed out the fact that perhaps the queens are, you know, a subset of the wraith culture, totally separate. So why wouldn't they be different? Mm. We've seen, you know, a very blue-tinted wraith queen already. Yeah. Reasonable to assume that every wraith queen does look different. Okay. These two fly off great together. <laughs> we were just getting to dissemination. Yes, yes, thank you. Now, when disseminating an aerosolized medicine such as the retrovirus, one needs to take in a number of different considerations. <laughs> Particle size, ventilation pattern, airway architecture, dosage. You turned it into a gas. Yes, an aerosol gas. Yes, gas is dangerous. We know this on an enclosed spaceship. Yep. We would normally use a technique called aerodynamic dissemination. Nervous much? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they ever get emotive <laughs> contact lenses, <laughs> that's the only thing that lets down the full face prosthetics. Mm. Because the drug is now an aerosol, a third of the tests ignited the medication, <laughs> rendering it useless. <laughs> they call it flashing. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> that motion came very easy, Carson. Yeah. <laughs> I always wear my lab coat. I wonder if that was an ad lib. <laughs> Use the flashing. When fired into an enemy vessel, the weapon caused explosive decompression. Yes, that's a problem. You know, our weapons are just too powerful. We had thought of that, yes. But if you want to affect a large population simultaneously, an aerosol gas is really the only way to go. Who would have thought these, these guys have been designing weapons of mass destruction? Mm, especially Carson. <laughs> First, do no harm. Uh, well, <laughs> so much for that. Well, that only applies to his own species. I think I've learned more about race technology in the last hour than I have in the past two years. <laughs> Another two that dated their own episode. Yeah. <laughs> This was filmed by the second unit, so I assume Peter DeLuise again. My body does not possess the adrenal gland that produces epinephrine in your system. And even if I did, I would not be as easily impressed. I get it. I get it. You think you're smarter than I am. You ready to go or not? I have been for some time. David, in the commentary, actually went up to the puppeteers and said, Do you need me for the off-camera work? And they laughed at him. <laughs> <clears throat> This is Dr. Rodney McKay aboard the Earth ship Daedalus. We would like, uh, uh, with your permission. That's it, Rodney. Forceful, strong. <laughs> okay, maybe not quite so demanding. Uh, we're hoping through trial and error that we can slowly disarm or uh, break the code. May we proceed? Yes, honest, it's just a canister. Yes, it's a thermos. <laughs> and they're allergic to coffee. Thank you. Thank you. That was weird. Shall we? <laughs> Phew. <laughs> what is he doing with his hand? Now you can tell the difference when you get the full body shot. Yeah, yeah. The video link up made it look a lot different. It seemed right to come back here. And to see you. There's not enough party going on in the back of that hair. With his hair, if they'd done it a bit more like Jor-El from the original Superman, a bit more of a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can't go wrong with Mullet, can you? <laughs> no, especially when it's a little bit grey and, and obviously got about five litres of hairspray on it, so it, <laughs> it looks like fiberglass. Again, like the 80s women's hairstyles, it was, it was so big and so fixed, you know, a Force 9 Gale wouldn't move it. Uh, who needs a hat when you got that thing about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every night you go out, uh, full can of hairspray. At what point did you realise I wasn't there anymore? When you hadn't said anything for a while. About the 16-minute mark. <laughs> we finished. <laughs> so, so Alan, how do you, what do you think of the episode? I thought it was a bit short. Yeah. <laughs> Left us a bit of a cliffhanger as well. 
We're not as different as you think. We are nothing like you. <laughs> uh, you are a lot more like us than you allow yourselves to believe. And you can see a bit more of the difference between the two actors in this shot. Brent looks a little stockier. And, and more orange. Mm. In fact, everyone looks orange. Well, those pair do, yeah. We will not meet again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, he brought himself. He does that. <laughs> Heal. Now, originally, Brent did all the voice work for this as well. Uh, but they eventually decided to re-record everything. Got Connor in the studio. Instinct is so hard to overcome. But what would happen to our alliance? Every Wraith ship in this galaxy would descend upon this city and destroy it. Is it worth it, Ronan? Up to me. But it isn't. Yeah, I, I trust you. I trust you about as much as I trust a Republican to vote for an environmental bill. He's got a valid point there. <laughs> you can sprout morality and ethics all along, but what Carson was doing was on the shady side, to say the least. Yep. What was that guy doing in the background, thinking, "What, what should I do? What should I do? <laughs> I can't shoot him." We should continue on to the next hive. Then what? Oh, well, we will continue until we've conquered all of our enemies. And you think our retrovirus can do all that? Yes. Don't leave... Oh, hey, you oh. See what I mean about the eyes? No matter what the actor does, you can't get away from that blank stare of the eyes. Actually, I think it adds a certain degree of Machiavellian charm. Such will be the nature of our agreement. And what about all the other humans? On the other worlds? Any chance you'll stop feeding on them? Your retrovirus will allow us to feed off enemy rays. Uh, you don't want this in an enemy, someone who's being yeah. reasonable. Calm and reasonable. Our enemy will be vanquished. At which point you'll return to killing ordinary folks the old-fashioned way. That will take far longer than your short lifetime. You know, a little bit of CGI work just to give them something. The technology of this city, this city that you now control, is far more powerful than that of the Wraith. Yet we brought the Lanteans to their knees. <laughs> Why? Far greater numbers. Numbers that will be diminished by your retrovirus. Balance will be restored. I believe that is as much as either of us can ask for. Don't you? No. Not yet. Seriously, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> You're living in Clyde Cuckoo Land. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you think the Atlantean expedition have killed since they've come to Pegasus? <laughs> directly or indirectly? Yep. You know, nobody is running around the Pegasus without blood on their hands. Very well. Again, reasonable. Mm. Such a device would not allow for the gas to affect the whole ship in sufficient time. They would open fire on our own ship the moment the gas was detected. Aye. You need to reach all the occupied compartments at once. Stand your ground, Carson. <laughs> Come on. What are you, man or man? Just standing from over here. Who the hell designed that? Oh no, that's poor. <laughs> that's very bad. They went crazy with the coloured pipes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't. He's right. We don't. Then I will have to make arrangements. How many times have I told you, don't volunteer for anything? I don't think it'll come as any surprise to know that the Wraith is played by James Lafazanos. This is one of his 15 times he appears as a wraith on the show. 
just a treat for you. You will see his real face in this episode. Ooh. I want to go in there. Oh, yeah. All right. Who volunteered for this? Yeah. <laughs> My queen commands it. Yes. Your turn, Barry. Get on the table. <laughs> yeah. Are you current with Arrow, Mike? Yeah. I like Zelenka's line in it. It's been a few days since I've watched it. I am discovering many new talents for and abilities to do things <laughs> in the sub. Terra submarine that's been on grounded for 60 years. <laughs> Amazing. Now, what is she going to do with this human who was once one of her subjects? That's James. Oh. Colonel. We knew this would be a part of the bargain. He looks Nordic. Mm, I was going to say, if he wasn't in Lord of the Rings, he was there. <laughs> he was worried about actually showing his face. Back off, back off, John. Let her kill him, me. But only just. I've seen enough. Yeah, that hits a spot, that does. <laughs> um, um, um. He's nowhere near as crispy as he should be. No, we've seen him desiccated, haven't we? Mm. It works. Do you have any other flavours? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Carson. Congratulations, mate. Nobel Prize time, although yep. in what category, I'm not quite sure. Well, ignoble anyway. Andy, the director, says this is the only time he likes shooting in this room, when you've got that simple one shot with a camera. You don't have to move around and look about with that table, which is darn right dangerous. <laughs> oh well, they get the point. You know, you could put some hanging baskets, anything on there. Mm. Ask the SEC to send a dozen boxing gloves and time on the end. <laughs> Make it a slapstick meeting. And trying to infect an entire hive at once are completely two different things. We plan on entering their hive under the pretense of negotiating our surrender. Someone's getting slapped anyway. Rodney looks a bit feverish. I don't know if it's the lighting. We need only to create a system that will synchronize the release. Well, we can do that. Look, do we have the kind of volume we need? Hi, our lab has been churning out since we struck a deal with our friends here. Just Rodney's hard word instinct for self-preservation. Keep your eye on Rodney. Anyway, he's running, the enemy are in the opposite direction. I would like our people to go along and observe. For what purpose? Make sure you stick to the plan, do what you say you're going to do. Yes, and if something goes wrong, they won't become hostages at all. No. Don't you get the impression there should be some hidden triggers under there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, pew, pew, pew. They're very weapon-like tubes. Hmm, this meeting is over. <laughs> And this CGI was reused from the Siege Part 3, uh, one of the few shots that wasn't brand new for this episode. They've also took down the Daedalus set from the Norco Studios and moved it to the Bridge Studios, and are rebuilding the Wraith ships. I guess that's what happens when the Wraith get too excited. What if they fail? Maybe they'll blow each other to kingdom come, we can all go home. I thought we wanted this to work. Just saying, if this thing goes south, can't let the word get out we were involved in this. Now my consciousness is acting up. A bit late now. <laughs> and if it's not John, it's going to be Carson. When I developed this retrovirus for the Wraith, it was to free them from what I perceived to be an unnatural state. How can it be an unnatural state? Mm. If you're going to call the Wraith unnatural, then every humanoid in the Pegasus galaxy is unnatural because they were engineered by the ancients. Yep. I guess it depends on how you define human. We can't judge an entire race based on the fact that Michael's experiment didn't work. If you're asking me whether or not I'm losing sleep over this... <laughs> that does help. <laughs> Alcohol as well. <laughs> well, I am taking those sedatives you prescribed. 
We're getting telemetry back from the cloak jumper, sir. It's in theater. Let's see it. Oh, it looks like the Daedalus has got an upgrade as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice head-up display. That does save a bit of money on the uh, the large scale CGI though. I was yeah. going to say blinking little light, paper <laughs> than a big one. You see, now that's a six pack. Yep. Look at those muscles. Colonel Caldwell believed my time was better spent disabling their jamming code. Huh? So they can't fly that ship without you? Yes, but apparently you cannot run these tests without me. I'm sure I would have been fine. I am not as sure. <laughs> really. And once again, Trevor Deval does the voice of Hermiod. Uh, shame it's not Michael. Okay. Try it now. <laughs> Smug mode. The worst part of McKay's character comes to the surface. Well, well. Turns out the human knows what he's doing after all. Indeed. Your assistance on this project will be noted. My assistance? <laughs> <laughs> will be noted. That, that's high praise for you. Uh, Hemorrhoid standard. Delegation transport is returning to the friendly hive ahead of schedule. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, oh, that was cheap. <laughs> yes, it was one. <laughs> what was that? The transport has been destroyed. That's not good. Sir Jumper 8 is reporting the enemy hive has opened fire. Friendly hive sustaining serious damage. This is like a throwback to Andromeda, who did 90% of their work on a visual screen instead of actual CGI space battles. Jumping into theater now. Yes, they don't want to be known, but they're going to go in there and probably lose a fight. <laughs> they don't throw at the ship, so they've just made them aware that they're still around. Get that jumper back into the bay! We're not going to be able to keep this up for long. Hopefully we'll give them enough time to jump Our in. hive is entering hyperspace. There we go. It's hard to imagine that the Daedalus can do any damage to a Wraith hive ship. Mm. And they fly with the broader side of it facing the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because technically it doesn't really matter because they're in space. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no force they could... You know, turn your profile side on to give them the smallest target area. Make the targeting computers work a bit. Yeah. Our delegation was searched. They were killed immediately when your canisters were discovered. Our transport ship tried to escape, but it was destroyed. You she looks better, Blue, to be honest. Method. Or what? Or we will disclose your location to the other race. We kept our part of the bargain. We gave you the retrovirus. And it is useless without an effective delivery system. So we have to do everything? <laughs> this is the best time to get a Wraith Queen angry when you're over a comlink. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, I will figure something out. Oh. <laughs> Great look. The drop of the shoulders. Yep. <laughs> support configurations, everything you've got. Then you shall have it. For real? Damn. <laughs> the pressure's on you now, Rodney. What did we ask earlier? <laughs> Receiving transmission. Make sure it's secure. Yeah, 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 we're completely firewalled. Okay, let me see that. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yep, yeah, get out of the way, Chuck. <laughs> He's still rolling up. Down the steps. You're a bang. What is exactly? Atlantis core systems are protected by a firewall. Yep. Oh, dear. They will regret that. Why are you doing this? We have suffered extensive damage. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna send Ron up, make sure you're doing what you're doing. There's your help. Yeah. You would do this? We're supposed to have an alliance, aren't we? Sending information on Wraith technology was a remarkable act of good faith on your part. Your assistance would be 
acceptable. All right, then. We have a deal. Now, quick, make a copy of that database while we've got it, just in case. No? Okay. I mean, what if a drive breaks down? We've got redundancy. Yeah, that's in one little laptop. <laughs> Rodney's put it on his own. This is mine. Mine, I tell you. Mine. Mm. I know you guys have been burning it at both ends, so, uh... Dr. Vogel just went to get us some. Yeah, kind of on the way in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's at the sticky buns as well. It's like being handed a wraith encyclopedia. It's hard to know where to start. <laughs> When I was a kid and I got my first encyclopedia, I started with the letter S. Of course you did, John. Didn't we all? You got an encyclopedia? <laughs> you weren't around in the 50s, were you? I got an encyclopedia. If you got a laugh in 98 when Encarta came out, they thought they were really onto something. <laughs> Little did they know soon after Wiki was going to totally steamroll them. Haven't we bought Wiki yet? And you? Um, mostly I'm just skimming the index. Anything exciting? Oh, yes. Such as? Well, the ships are massive, but because of their mainly organic design, they have a number of external weaknesses. I've got a weakness for external weaknesses. Anywhere from Rodney yet? I'm sure he's fine. What could possibly be wrong with Rodney? Sound in space. Yep. Yeah. As I said, they're limited to what they can do in the high ship with the standing sets they've got. Hopefully, now they rebuild them at the other studios, they'll uh, have a lot more to work with. More webbing here or less there? It does look like somebody's idea of a Halloween ghost house. Huh. Huh. Such as the uh, programming code to make your old ships do new things? Or bypassing inoperable systems, yes. It has been so long since we've fought a real battle. Yes, well, I imagine I forget a lot in 10,000 years, too. Before the Civil War, there were keepers who maintained the entire fleet. But they've made their own alliances. Sorry about that. That'd be useful alliance to make with the people that actually help to uh, maintain the ships. Mm. Do you think we will be able to come up with an adequate delivery system for the retrovirus? Hmm. Well, I know that you don't know me, so you couldn't possibly know this, but... The short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Rodney. Uh... Whoa. Ronan, are you crazy? What are you You don't touch him. I know Ronan is the most proficient killer they've got in Atlantis, but I think someone who can take orders would be better. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be necessary. He was protecting his superior. His superior? I would have done the same. He's not my superior. <laughs> Certainly not in every sense. Come on, lad. He's been too smooth. Well, lad, I died already this episode. Please, this way. Yes, the second day's time shop in this episode that has all the lights on. Aren't they running out of power? <laughs> That's your sweet spot. This central chamber scrubs the CO2 from your artificial atmosphere and redistributes it as breathable air to the rest of the ship. You get a sufficiently large canister of retrovirus into that central chamber, the whole ship will be affected simultaneously. Now, the guys who do all the playback for this series, they had to do a hell of a lot for the upcoming scenes. And they were rather miffed when half of it wasn't used. Uh. <laughs> Step one. We find another enemy hive and jump to a location just out of its sensor range. Step two, the Daedalus takes position in close proximity to your hive, essentially merging with your scan patterns, rendering it practically invisible to the enemy's sensors. Step three. See, that kind of demonstrates how little the Daedalus is. Mm. And how little it scans are. <laughs> yes, and yet it can take one out, or at least put up a damn good fight. And that's the problem. The Asgard-designed, and well, not Asgard-designed, but Asgard-enhanced Earth ships have had it too easy. Mm. I mean, the shields are everything on the Daedalus. Mm. That's the only thing that gives them the ability to even make... Yeah, essentially taking a blast half the size of the ship. This plan keeps us completely reliant on you to disseminate the retrovirus. It's meant to be a test, to see if the gas works in the first place. If it does, you can come up with... <laughs> Best offer you'll get today, love. 
can almost see the wheels turning. How will this work out? Yes, I've got it. All I have to do is delay them for another eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll transmit the coordinates to our new target as soon as I return to the hive. We'll leave as soon as you are ready. You'll notice a lot of burn scarring on the Wraith Queen's neck. Unfortunately, as I said in the commentary, they can't remember exactly why they did that. <laughs> if it was supposed to be a story point or not, but it was never used. I should be on that hive when we do this. Of course you have, Rodney. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know it's uncharacteristically brave, but I've hacked a lot of their systems under the guise of repairing them. You realise you have pretty much signed your own death warrant. Mm. And they agree to this? Yes. Plus, now we can freely beam stuff on and off their ships. I've written a program that will immediately beam me out of there the second I activate this emergency transponder. <laughs> <laughs> You're sure you want to do this? Of course I don't want to do it. I just, I think it should be done. Ronan goes along. Oh, wouldn't have it any other way. And I'd like you on the Daedalus. No place I'd rather be. Okay, good. Let's get this done. I'm about ready for our house guests to leave. Love it. Rodney pats John on the shoulder. Warriors going into battle. Ooh, that doesn't look good. Mm. Yes. On non-network computers. Yes, <laughs> all going down. And again, they weren't network computers. How they get the information they get? Well, like she said, they're protected behind a firewall. They didn't pull it to an independent system this time. Uh. And obviously, uh, hardware or even software firewall is going to get blown apart. Mm. Are we there yet? Do you have any idea how difficult these maneuvers are going to be? I'm guessing really difficult. Now we're going to be flying so close to that hive ship, you'd be able to reach out and touch it. Uh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I'm sure they're fine with that. Coming out of hyperspace. Watch out. Oh, good shot. It's fortunate when they come out of hyperspace, they've got shields. Mm. You can imagine, you know, one shot, one shield, a ship, and the Daedalus is gone. Well, yeah, we made your hull breach. Who's firing on us? Two hive ships bearing down in our position, sir. One of them is the friendly. Gang going off size, you know how big the ray ships are. Yeah. Fired well on both ships. Hermione, stand by to beam warheads to the nearest hive ship. <laughs> yeah, something's gone desperately wrong when both ships are firing at you. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the odds, given this is a betrayal, that the beaming technology no longer works? Colonel Caldwell, this is Hermione. The warheads are ready to deploy. Stand by till we reach optimal range. Gotta give McCain Ronan time to beam back aboard first. They've got until we reach weapons deployment range. If they can't activate their emergency transceivers by then, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, the only Asgard on the ship. <laughs> and they still think this system is going to work. Oh, bless yep. them. Yep. <laughs> oh, lovely, that is. Lovely. Pea shooters. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. He doesn't look too worried, does he? So let me get this straight. Rodney was going to leave yeah. Ronan behind. I'm sorry, Doctor. Yeah, circumstances have changed. You are our guest. They don't even bother stunning Rodney, do they? No, he's not a threat until he starts talking. Sorry, Colonel, I can't do that. Hermione, boy, warheads when ready. Colonel Caldwell, Doctor McKay's code has failed to breach the Wraith countermeasures. Oh, shocker! Uh, I mean, the Wraith have only got to change probably one element of their defensive system, and the whole code is, becomes defunct. Well, it probably never even worked properly anyway. They only gave them a code to do it that once to their one ship. Yeah, drop the shields when they thought they were ready. Mm. And they realised after they filmed this whole sequence that John wasn't wearing his safety harness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nurtle Dancers, who need seatbelt? Daggers 3 and 4 trying to keep these darts off our 6. 
Yeah, I think it's time you left the area. The, your shields are only going to stay around for so long. The time it would have taken them to get down, get the F-302s ready to fly, get out there, fight, get back. Yeah. Whoa, 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 hold on, we were supposed to be allies. Oh dear. <laughs> you are, you're going to join us for dinner. That's why you're alive. <laughs> Do you have any idea how much work I have put into all of this? Think about what you're saying, McKay. I haven't slept in 36 hours. Perhaps it is better if you rest. Oh, nice. <laughs> a wraith with a sense of humor. <laughs> Stay standing when stunned. <laughs> 20%. Hermione, what do you got for me? I cannot guarantee that I will be able to defeat the wraith's countermeasures in sufficient time. Colonel Shepard, get your flight back to the ship. We need to jump out of here as soon as possible. Okay, he's gone. Let's go, lads. Two minutes. I can shut down their hyperdrive. Unless you can shut down their weapons, it's not going to do us much good. You know what? All we need is some half-naked dudes playing beach volleyball, and this could be Top Gun. Shepard. Shepard. Not getting anything, sir. Better jump on my mark. Sir, the hives are opening hyperspace windows. Bye-bye. Well, you know someone's thought when two hive ships decide to leave the Daedalus sitting there, mm. that means they've got somewhere else to go. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. I mean, they could be on the way to Atlantis to take care of her, or they could be going somewhere else. Mm. Why the hell did they do that? Three of our 302s are returning to Daedalus, sir. Shepard? This fighter isn't one of them. So we lost a 302 then? Yep. <laughs> He's on the ship. Literally. <clears throat> no, I don't mean Boba Fett, I mean so that he's on the right ship. Understood. Set course for Atlantis. They did mention that Elizabeth was getting a few too many knickknacks on her desk. It was getting a bit silly. She's a bit of a collector. She's not going back to Earth. Who keeps bringing her for <laughs> Everyone else gets one personal item. She's got an full. Oh, well done. We're finally caught on. I hate to say I told you so. I don't understand. If you didn't find it and it didn't reveal itself. Once the Hive left Atlantis, it, the worm began to destroy all of the data they had sent down. Then this was their plan all along. Bingo. What did they get? This is one of the reasons we didn't detect it. They only uploaded two pieces of information. One, the Aurora mission reports. Okay. And two? Well, don't make her wait for it, man. The location of every world in our database. That's going to be a big file. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and two, everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, essentially. Yeah, they got the important stuff anyway, you know. The life and times of the ancients is, isn't high on their agenda. Yeah, it just takes up bandwidth. No. No, I think this is the most not okay I have ever been. Jason was a bit worried about getting goop in his ear. And David was keep saying, slap it on and slap it on. <laughs> I was sort of hoping this was just a nightmare. <laughs> it wasn't, mate. Why aren't we dead? The Queen wants you to live long enough to witness the fruits of your labor. If it wasn't for you, Dr. McKay, we would never have been able to get there. You're talking about get where? Go on, tell him, you know you want to. Earth. Oh, bum bum bum. Mm -hmm. Nice. I see what you mean. The eyes work that close up. Mm. Maybe because they, they got the uh, little reflection of the light on as well. David was quite happy. Just stand up and act. <laughs> no walking around, no actions. Just stand there and say his lines. 
Well, is that the way to end the season? Mm, finally, after two years, they're on their way. It's fortunate that the Orion, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's fortunate they've got the Orion now, just when they need it. Mm. It's almost as if it was written that way. Yeah. <laughs> and which ship won't survive the opening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get in the habit of destroying spaceship. You know, the CGI guys don't want to let go. Yep. We've got this new texture. Really looks good. <laughs> we try it. <laughs> the director, Annie Makita... He directed 29 episodes of SG-1, 22 of Atlantis, and 12 of Universe. Also, episodes of Motive, Bitten, and Lost Girl. Martin Garrow, the writer, he wrote two episodes of SG-1, 26 of Atlantis, and a single episode of Universe. He also wrote for the LE Complex, Bored to Death, and was story editor on Atlantis for 18 episodes. The young lab assistant we saw twice in the episode. She was played by Sherry Rebold. She appeared three times in Atlantis and once in SG-1. She's also, believe it or not, McKay's standing. <laughs> that was, of course, for the uh, rehearsals, not for the film bits, because they didn't really look very similar. Well, I'm sure she might have had to strip off her body cast, yeah? Hey. Of course, couldn't do anything. I, I'm just thinking about it the way McKay just think, was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mine's going to areas that have got nothing to do with this episode, Alan. <laughs> Your point being? Quiet. <laughs> okay, then, folks, that was Allies. Next week, hope you join us for the wrap up show. We have the results, well, at the time of the recording. The poll is still open, but when it's broadcast, of course, the results will be known. And you will hear the Gatecast listeners' favourite episode of Season 9 of SG-1. Hope you join us for that. Yes, I only voted once this time. Well done. <laughs> no wonder we're only at about 40 or something. <laughs> I voted twice, once in the Atlantis poll and once in the SG-1 poll. Well, that is allowed. And now I've seen this episode again, I wish I'd voted for this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Like I said earlier, no feedback for the SG-1 Season 9 finale, so hopefully we'll do better for the SGA Season 2 finale, because it deserves it. Lots of action, twists and turns, and a doozy of a cliffhanger, made better because you know the show's returning for a third season. So if you want to get in touch, then here's how. There is a contact form on the gatecast.co.uk website, and our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Google Plus under Gatecast, or you can find us under a general Stargate search. And on Twitter, we are at TheGateCast, which is one word. The podcast is also listed on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, and we'd appreciate any reviews and ratings on those services. And more importantly, enjoy all things Stargate. Everybody knows the show will be back for Season 3, and we will begin that after our wrap-up shows. Yay, wrap-up. Yep, speaking of wrap-up shows, next week we'll be doing the SG-1 wrap-up show. Indeed. Yep, hope you join us next week. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Brad. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.